because we know who we are in Christ and that our marriage was designed and put together by Christ um, and that because of him like we have this union and relationship it makes it easier now to build further and start our lives together and move forward making decisions based on that foundation. Hey everyone, PJ and Jenny here. You're listening to the Years of Marriage Advice podcast, where we interview other married couples to share their stories and insight. Thank you for joining us. Let's get started. All right, so we are here in our living room with Jacob and Catherine. Thank you guys for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're really excited to have you over and to talk about your marriage and all that God's doing in it. So first off, how long have you guys been married? We've been married for about two and a half months now. Yeah. Going on strong. (laughs) Nice. Killing the game. So so fairly, fairly recent. Mm Mm-hmm. And how long have you guys been together, dating, engaged? That's been about two years. Nice. So how did you guys meet? Um, We actually met, it was her last semester at Liberty, and it was my second to last semester at Liberty. And we were at uh, Liberty's (laughs) rock wall. We We have some mutual friends and yeah, like her, her friend called me over and I met up with her and then I met Catherine. It's cool because um, he's right, we did. We had a lot of mutual friends, and my roommate and best friend worked at the same summer camp, so we both knew the other person. Like, I knew who Jacob Holt was, and he knew my name, Um, but we just hadn't met. So, Liberty's Rock Wall was that first time that we did that. So, that was kind of cool because then I could be like, Oh, you're Jacob. I know you. I've heard stories. And you're uh, Caroline. Up, up, Catherine. Nice. That joke's still going strong. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's trying. So during that time, you know, you're dating, you're getting to know each other. Why did you get married? Yeah, I, I think pretty pretty early on I knew that Catherine Birkelin, no Catherine Holt, was the Ooh. you know, the woman I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And I don't know, it was almost like it was all in God's timing, I think. Because if, if, if he didn't work, you know, certain things in both of our lives at these particular times, like we wouldn't have even started dating. Mm-hmm. So I really felt like, you know, it was definitely one of those you know, God things, which, you know, it, it, it is it is what it is. And I don't know, I think Catherine just compliments me so well. And it's hard to imagine me going through life with anyone else but her. I compliment you frequently. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate that. Um, I, I like what... He said about God's timing, because that is something that we often talk about, where we were just both at a really good place when we started dating, um, where even months before, we don't think it would have worked out as well to start off with. So I think because we had such a good beginning and we really felt like God's hand was in our our dating relationship, both of us felt pretty quickly on, wait, this is going to go longer. We feel really blessed to be here. We feel like this is right. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're ready to make a commitment. So it was a pretty easy process. Like there wasn't a lot of doubt, I think, once we realized that this was going towards marriage, which is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So that made it a smooth transition. Yeah, definitely. Most deaf. Most deaf. That's kind of similar to Jenny and I's story where I asked her out and she said no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. And then a year later, we started hanging out and dating. Yeah. So it was just one of those timing things where mm-hmm. yeah. the time I asked her out wasn't the right time. Nope. And <laughs> but then like, a year later it was, so it's all good. She's like, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, funny. It's, it's funny. funny how that happens, and it's almost like you can't see it really until you look back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then when yeah. you do, you're like, oh, that makes complete sense. Like, right. God knew exactly what he was doing, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So with that, you know, you guys are seeing how God is playing everything out during those stages. What role does God play now in your marriage? Well, we personally made commitments in our lives to put God first. And so now that we're married, we've kind of strived to make him still our top priority. But now over everything that we have together in our marriage, in our relationships with other people, in our jobs and things like that. So we... The first thing we did when we got married after we said our vows was take a couple of minutes to just pray at the front of the altar. Mm -hmm. And I think that was kind of because we wanted to make sure we started off first and foremost thanking God for what he was doing and making sure that we always go to him first. Um, And so that's the mindset that we strive to do going forward is um, making sure that God is always first. Yeah, to really having that, you know, God foundation. So then we can build, you know, our marriage on top of that. Yeah. That was a good way to put that. Yeah, thanks. Our foundation, yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know, it, it's, it's, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> you had one really good line. Yeah, I know, out. right? It's not there anymore. No, but, but he's right, um, because making sure that he's at our foundation and the root of who we are as a couple makes it easier to build on top of that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we know who we are in Christ and that our marriage was designed and put together by Christ. um, And that because of him, like we have this union and relationship, it makes it easier now to build further and start our lives together and move forward, making decisions based on that foundation. Yeah, that's great. It's really good stuff. So in our nation, we have unfortunately high divorce rate even among Christians who have also said similar things of, you know, wanting to put God first and things like that. So what is going to make your marriage different? That's a really good question because we've asked this ourselves. Actually, this was conversations that we had before we got married because uh, you're right. It happens to a lot of people and I don't think anyone plans to go into their marriage getting divorced. So why we're why were we going to be different? And I come from a family where divorce never happens. I come from a family where <laughs> there's a lot of divorce. Like my, my parents are divorced. My dad was divorced before he married my mom. Right. Um, my mom divorced after my parents divorced. Um, I think my brother had a divorce and my aunt had a divorce. So, so not, <laughs> the track record is not the best. And so we come yeah. from very different backgrounds. So mm-hmm. We wanted to make sure we were on the same mindset for what marriage was. Um, and I think the root of it was just, it's not an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense. And yeah. I'm, it's just at this point, I mean, we spent a lot of time before we got married making sure that we both agreed that it wasn't an option, that through the good, the bad, the ugly, 
it wasn't going to make a difference. Once we made this commitment, we were going to be in it. Um, and that was a lot of our focus going into marriage. And so now that we've passed that point, I think we're just out of place now. We're like, okay, this is it. We're in it. Um, we're running together. We're running together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Divorce isn't going to happen. Uh, so if we have problems, well, we're going to have to fix it. Yeah, definitely. And like, one of the problems that either it could be spiritual or emotional or, you know, mental or anything of the sort, we're going to make a commitment to each other to, you know, really stick with it. Yeah. And just uh, continuing to fight for each other, I think is a big one. So I think when you're fighting for someone else, it adds so much more to the fight. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At all. Because like, I don't even, because when I, when I was single, like I would fight like my own battles, but I was doing it for myself. But now I have Catherine and not only am I fighting it for her, but I'm fighting it, you know, for us too. So it's kind of like that joint effort and I'm not alone anymore. I have someone with me who I can, I know will support me. I know is in my corner. And I know ultimately wants us to succeed. And that's just, it's, yeah. it's just a wonderful thing to have that I haven't had before. Yeah, that's really good. And that reminds me of what we're going, we're working through a book right now called You and Me Forever by Francis Chan. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I love Francis Chan. Yeah. And he talks about how when both of you are on a mission together, you're focused on the same goal. It inevitably brings you together. It brings you closer together. So being together, fighting those battles together, having your same focus, you know, mm-hmm. inevitably is going to draw you closer right. rather than turning that folk, like <laughs> the fighting struggles on each other, you're focusing on forward movement. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and working through things together. Um, which is really cool. Yeah, and I think it's really encouraging to hear that you guys have that mindset and have talked through it and that that's your perspective because I feel like that's really rare and people throw out the divorce word here and there and I just think that's really destructive. So the fact that you guys have established, you know, that's not an option. Um, We're in this for the long haul. That's really encouraging to hear because I know for PJ and I, when we were engaged, there was so much negative talk about marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if you guys had that same experience. Did you have a lot of negative comments going into marriage or were you, did you have people in your life who were speaking positively about it? Generally, um, it was very positive, Mm -hmm. I would say. (laughs) But, But that, I mean, when you're engaged, Everybody gives their two cents on marriage. Right. Everybody, <laughs> even if they're not married, um, they everyone just wants. Because <laughs> I think everyone's so excited about it. So I heard plenty also like things people be like, oh, it's not too late to back out, and I would hear that kind of frequently. Yeah, and I, we heard that too. Yep. Yeah, and I think it's supposed to be a joke, but you like semi serious. Yeah. yeah. Remember um, the guy, our waiter at Olive Garden? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was. He sounded like he wanted you to not marry me. <laughs> Adamantly. And that was, that was um, like two days before we got married. And it's all in, I think it's all supposed to be in good fun. But there's a truth behind it where people are like, well, it's a big commitment. You can leave if you're not really interested or, you know, just back out. So, so in that way, yeah, I saw some negative talk. Yeah, I agree. From from my side, it was mostly, if you know, it was it was all positive. But I did have to, you know, my, my parents come to me and say, "Hey, like, are you sure? Like, you know, she's the one." I'm like, "Yeah, you know, without a doubt. Like, I know I want to marry and spend my rest of my life with Catherine." Mm-hmm. And so, but I don't know. It's it's almost um, 
obligatory. I, Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> um, that sounds right. You know, for, for, for someone who cares and loves about you to ask you that question. Because they want to make sure this is such a big step that, you know, you know what you're doing and you're ready for this huge next step in your life. That's true. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So, like, really, I'd be, I'd be almost worried if someone didn't ask me that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Now, just curious, did you guys have anyone telling you that the first year is going to be the hardest year or that it's going to be the best year? Um, so most people I heard said the first year is the worst year. Mm-hmm. Like it's the hardest because you're selfish and you need to be unselfish and you're learning how to adjust and that's tough and, and all these things. So, you know, it almost got a little sad because I was like, everyone's giving me advice on how to fight and how to solve arguments. And I was like, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of fighting and arguments in our marriage because that's all the advice I'm getting is what to do when that happens. And I had one girl who said, Hey, I heard you're engaged. Um, it was on his Frisbee team, a girl, and she said, guess what? I've been married now a little over a year. Our first year was amazing. You're going to love it. it was, was it Tara? It was. Okay. Yeah, it was Tara. It was fun. Great. We had a blast. We learned a lot, but it wasn't horrible. She's like, so I bet people are telling you it's going to be tough, but ours was great, and I wanted to say that. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because awesome. all I had heard so far was that it was hard and everything. And I think everyone wants to make sure you're prepared. So it's all coming mm-hmm. from a good place. But having someone be like, no, it's great. You're going to really enjoy it. Look forward to it was really great to hear because it kind of helped bring it back to the mindset. Like, yeah, it's going to be okay. We're going to have fun. We're going to be married. And that's what we want. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like marriage, you know, it's it's definitely a huge adjustment to like how you had been living. Yeah. And so I absolutely. think absolutely. I know some people maybe from personal experience there may not have handled that adjustment very well. Mm-hmm. And so it can almost be a shock to them. But I think for the most part for the people around us, they help us prepare for that adjustment and if we do have any rough patches, what we can do to I don't know, remedy the situation or help help fix things. Right. And so I you know, I know we even use some of those like um, in this past two and a half months, like we'll have some type of conflict or, you know, something of the sort. And it's like, like, no, like we're going to, you know, talk this out or come to a, some type of resolution or, um, correct the misunderstanding that took place. And some nights, well, maybe like a couple of times I'm like, you know, like, I don't really want to, I don't really want to do that right now. Or like, you know, I'm, I'm upset and I'm tired and, but like, it's a hundred percent worth it to like talk it out mm-hmm. so you don't have to go to bed with that you know on your shoulders or in your mind or you know heavy mm-hmm. on your heart yeah and then and then afterwards you know taking it before god and just like in prayer like how you can um better prepare your heart for you know for later conflict and like mm-hmm. you know to be more open and to be more forgiving and accepting of what your spouse has to say this is great <laughs> this is awesome this is good stuff but yeah, it's really encouraging to hear you guys have taken time to prepare for marriage. And now that you've been married only for a couple months, you've already been putting into practice mm-hmm. those principles that you were encouraged to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, working through things, not going to bed angry, mm-hmm. praying through situations together. So really good stuff. Now, this is something I wanted to talk about because I think it's pretty unique. Um, what happened during the week before you got married? You can take the lead on this one. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Catherine. Um, it was an unfortunate situation and I happened to have lost my job 
mm-hmm. a week before we got married. And I can understand how that can be stressful <laughs> to people <laughs> who are uh, about to be married. Um, and so that was, that was really tough because it was through like, you know, my own fault that I lost a job. So I had to tell Catherine what happened. And then we had a, I think the worst part of it all was telling her parents of what happened because like, you know, going into like (laughs) this lifelong agreement of marriage and telling, you know, my future in-laws and, you know, Catherine's, you know, biggest supporters that her future husband, you know, has lost her job. Or his job. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know Catherine's dad's like he's he's fairly successful at, at what he does, and you know, and he's in all the Berklands are you know extremely hard workers, and so I think that put even more like uh, strain, stress, yeah. yeah, strain and stress on what you know I, I had to do, and we I think I think we told them together, right? We or, wanted to, and the reason we did, I mean, we told them before. This was the week of the wedding, and we just didn't want. We knew lots of family were coming up and questions were bound to be like, how's work going? <laughs> what are you doing now? Yeah, it, just, it just happens. And yeah, that's what we didn't want. We didn't want to lie mm-hmm. and we didn't want to just throw out like, well, Jacob mm-hmm. lost his job because we thought that would actually cause more problems. Let's so, go to another topic really quickly. <laughs> yeah, so we um, thought it would be better to be preemptive in telling his family and, and my family before. I was, I was so nervous and scared about this. But Catherine, because, you know, I guess Catherine knows her parents better than I. I know her parents. Uh, <laughs> it's but fair she was, to say. But they were, <laughs> they were so, like, accepting and supportive and yeah. supportive of what happened that it actually made me feel more at ease about, you know, merging families. Yeah. And, and, and through the whole stress of the situation because uh, it was it was pretty stressful because we, we already made a budget and my income was higher than Catherine's at, the, at that point. Um. So it just put a lot of stress on that because our honeymoon was coming up and we had to worry about, you know, how much can we spend now? Like, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't have another job lined up at the time. So we didn't really know. I mean, half pretty, it just happens. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it definitely, it <laughs> brought an extra amount of stress and, and a little bit of tension the week prior because kind of trying to sift through like, well, why did this happen? Why did this happen now? what could have been done to prevent it, things like that. Um, to Jacob's credit, he really took time to explain, to apologize, to say he wanted to make it right. And, you know, you get to a point where you're like, there's no, we can't be upset anymore. We're moving towards marriage. We're going to be okay. We're going to make it just fine. We just have mm-hmm. to trust God will um, help provide in the future. We're going to keep moving forward and we're not going to give up. Which God did. Yes. <laughs> He got an interview the same week he lost his job (laughs) at Liberty where he works now. So (laughs) God really Um, did pull through in a very short amount of time. But um, I think it was within like two days or three days after that happened that I had the interview at Liberty. So that was pretty amazing. Yeah, Yeah. it was. That was really cool. And now looking back, it, it really, I mean, that's a stressful thing to go through, but it definitely brought us closer a little bit right beforehand. Yeah, definitely. So during that week and the few weeks after you got married, the tension that was going on, did that cause you guys to argue with each other or just try and figure out what's going on together? I think, um, I wouldn't say we really, really argued because I think we're, we're both pretty laid back 
personalities. Um, it did cause a lot of tension just for what the future held. And that's such a scary thing to think about. You know, like, up, like, we're going in this kind of blind. We just, you know, made this huge uh, decision and, like, we're not sure if we can, you know, financially, you know, move forward. Because, like, I think we both had, you know, some money saved up, but, like, you don't want to burn through that all those savings within, like, a month of, right. know, of being married. It did cause some arguments. More on my side. And Jacob doesn't really argue. I, I can get upset sometimes. So there were some times where I was having a harder time trusting or that it was going to be okay. Um, so there, there were definitely a couple of times, even after we were married, before, like even after he had the interview, we were just waiting on the process. So there were a couple of times, but each time we would just stop, sit down and talk through it and kind of remember where we are, that we have options that um, are still young. We still have a lot we can offer. Um, we have opportunities that even if we have to, if he has to get a job, maybe somewhere part time, like there was a lot that we could do. So he would help. We would sit down and he would help kind of like go through again. Like these are our options. This is what I will do. I'm going to make sure we're okay. And that helped a lot. Yeah. And it's really cool to see God's provision as far as, you know, you having a job while he's looking for one. Yeah. Cause that, I'm sure that helped a lot too. Oh, it did. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But I can't imagine what it'd be like if you didn't have a job. And you yes. Lost his and now that you're was both one going of the into the marriage oh, first things list. we said was good thing like that I have a job because that would have would have been really hard, yeah, <laughs> and it allowed us to wait for a full time benefited job, mm-hmm. um, which was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool how God works works those things out. Yeah. Even yeah. even when we have no idea what's going on absolutely <laughs> it's 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 like i said before like it's such a scary thing to like you know wait on but you know ultimately you know god is faithful even though like at times you're like oh there's no way this is gonna work out like it's gonna be awful but then it's like within you know all these different pieces that are even moving in your life they come together so like cohesively and you're like wow i shouldn't have been scared at all and like yeah. I, I, like i was so bad that i was really worried you know because mm-hmm. like the size, you know, this is going to sound kind of cliche, but the size of our problems is like, you know, nothing to the size of what God can accomplish in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's really good. So outside of the job situation, if you could go back, what are some things you wish you could change about the engagement and wedding planning? One thing that, you know, we really wanted to do, but we really couldn't um, complete was premarital counseling. Yes. Um start that earlier yeah because we did we act, we didn't start it too late in the process it just took a while to get someone to do it with us to get like the test done because there was like a premarital test yeah, that you personality take test. personality test so even though we were relatively up on what we should do it just the process took longer than we thought and then the um, pastor and his wife got busy, and then there were times where we were busy because it was summer and we were traveling. So and we're getting married and getting married. <laughs> so yeah, in the end, we had a lot less sessions than what we wanted, or than you're supposed to have, and mm-hmm. that was that was just a bummer. Yeah, so I guess you know going forward, that'd be the not first going thing. Forward, <laughs> first thing. The first thing you do, or at least try to start it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe we were thinking that maybe you have to wait a couple of months. Might you know, 
closer to your date before you start it. But really, I would have just started that as soon as we were engaged. Yeah, definitely. People even do it before then. Yeah, and it goes back to that idea of, you know, taking the time to prepare for marriage rather than just planning the wedding day. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and getting ready for that big transition of the first year so that it's not the worst year ever. Yeah, yeah because you, you planned so much time into the wedding, which was a lot of fun to do, and we loved our wedding. We mm -hmm. thought that was great. It was a blast. That was a blast. But it's been two and a half months, and it's already like kind of becoming a faded memory, and mm -hmm. we're still here in our reality that we're married. And so all it takes is a month after to start being in the mindset of, you know what, we planned a lot, but that was just one day. Mm -hmm. Now we have the rest of our lives. Like, I'm really glad we knew what we were doing right. <laughs> or that we were confident about wanting to marry each other right. or else this would be terrifying. Um, <laughs> I guess going back to the original question about, you know, what was what we could, wish we could have done you know, earlier or sooner would be uh, finding a place to live. That, uh, I, I remember like, we yeah, were, we, were go, we were going through like several spots just around town. I'm like, I think it's mostly my fault too. Cause it's like, no, nah, <laughs> I, I don't like the way this floor is, is, is tilted. <laughs> he did say that for an apartment. Yeah, he did say I'm he like, didn't like, like how this, the floor this isn't, was This isn't tilted. level. I'll get like motion sickness when I'm walking. I, like, I, I don't know. And so I was, I was. That could be a big deal because you're, you're there every day. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> I don't, he wouldn't have gotten Thank motion sickness. Every thing. day. Walking on the, <laughs> yeah, every day. I'd have been like hunched over and it, it would have been bad. Uh, and so I'm like, nah, I don't like the spot. Or like, nah, I mean, this, is, this isn't really for us. And so we found a place. Like, was it like the month before? Or, or it was. Yeah, it was bad. I don't know if that sounds that bad, you know, on, on recording. But like, it was, it was stressful, man. Because normally like, um, I think people are like, uh, someone moves. Either they have a place already together or they're getting married and will live separately until they're married. Normally the guy has his own place and then the girl moves in, you know, afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we mm -hmm. moved my stuff in the day before the rehearsal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two days before I moved out of my house and everything over and then like left an air mattress and slept on the floor in the other yeah. place. So, <laughs> you know, you do what you can. <laughs> He's a trooper. So that's true. Having a place to take more time to set up would have been nice, definitely. Yeah. So are there any other stories that you would like to share from your dating uh, time, your engagement time, and your last two and a half months that you think would be beneficial to those listening? Oh, the key is beneficial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can think of lots of stories. Yeah. How, how much time do you have? <laughs> no, that's... Humor is very beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah, yeah. Don't be afraid to, uh, to laugh at yourself. <laughs> Yeah. Doing this thing because, you know. That's true. Catherine might poke fun at me for something and then I don't take it too seriously. So I have to laugh at myself. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell somewhat of an ongoing, like, I, I don't, it's not a set time and place, but one thing during our dating process and even into our engaged um, process that I kind of dealt with was a feeling of insecurity uh, with. Jacob's like uh, I guess love for me and dedication not because of anything he did but I was his first girlfriend uh, I had dated before so at this point I felt like I'm pretty confident I know who I want what I want like I'm already <laughs> I already know like this is not what I want this is what I want it's Jacob but for him <laughs> I'm, 
that, 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 that's great. For, for him, I was, I was his first um, girlfriend. So I think for me, that wasn't, I never really thought to like date one person and then get married. Even though he was saying like, oh, I'm ready and I want to get married. And we dated for over a year. So we spent a good amount of time together. It wasn't rushed. Um, and we had been friends before that, but I still dealt, I think, with a lot of insecurities. Like, does he really know? Is, you know, is he going to regret this and make a wrong decision? Is he feeling like he has to because I'm his first girlfriend? I, I don't know. And I think that was tough sometimes, but I realized that a lot of that just came on my insecurities and the fact that I wasn't trusting what Jacob was saying. Um, and so... <laughs> what I've had to learn during the dating and the engagement process was to take what Jacob says and if I really love him and I trust him then what he says I'm going to believe and I'm not going to let that dictate what I think about our relationship in the future and not going to let that worry me and stress me out because when I did get frustrated and upset it would cause tension and problems and arguments and then he'd have to reassure me and that's just not a healthy relationship so that was like I said, that was ongoing. It's not like that stopped over one conversation, but that was kind of an ongoing thing that I had to learn and grow. And even sometimes, you know, insecurities I'm still dealing with, but it's definitely helped, I think, to get in that mindset and learn that if I love him, I trust him, I believe what he says. It's good stuff. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of touched on this earlier, but Digging just a little bit deeper, what is the best piece of marriage advice that you've ever received? My my cousins actually said this to me. They've been married a couple of years, and we were going around the dinner table giving marriage advice. And they mm-hmm. said, yeah, and they said the typical "don't go to don't go to um, bed angry," which I had heard a couple different times, which is great marriage advice and it's biblical too. But then they said to keep your your bedroom kind of a safe place which I hadn't thought of before. And I, I'm going to say right off the bat, I'm sure this changes when you have a family. Sometimes the only place you can talk is your bedroom, and I get that. But for us, newly married, they were saying your bedroom is going to be your safe spot when you have arguments or disagreements or anything that gets heated, leave it. Um, talk somewhere else until it's resolved. And then if you get to a point where you're in bed and having an argument and you don't want to get up, then, like, then it's not worth talking about. It's not worth arguing about. Get over it. Right. <laughs> And you'll be okay. And just, it was such an interesting concept because it is nice having a safe spot where I know when we're in this room together, like we're okay. So that was just something that I never thought of before. And I like that. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's something that Eric and Leslie Ludy talk about in their book, Your First 90 Days of Marriage. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they instead of calling it a safe place, they call it a sanctuary. You know, making sure that you keep your sanctuary holy set apart yeah um not tainted by other things like arguments like arguments or excessive phone use (laughs) right like when when you're in that's a good one too actually when you're in your sanctuary it's yeah you know together time whether that's just connecting you know talking without you know a phone in front of your face or Mm -hmm. anything like that so yeah that's a good that's a good addition. I really like that, actually. I don't know if I heard this somewhere. It just might be my own own personal thought, or not. Take this with a grain of salt too. So you know, don't don't be afraid of of conflict, because 
I'm not encouraging anyone to to fight or anything, but like if mm-hmm. if, if something is is going on between you two or just you know one person, um, I think it's very important to just be very clear and open and communicate clearly of what's going on and why. Yeah. Because I think that's something that you can always continue to work on throughout your entire marriage, that your dating relationship, like even if you're single like, and you're having a relationship with someone else, it's really important you know, to be open and honest with someone to let, let them know. And again, I'm saying, you know, don't, don't just go around to, for the sake of conflict. That, that doesn't solve anything, except if you want to, you know, oh, who's the biggest jerk? It's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a, that's a joke. Um, yeah. yeah. So, no, like, no, you're right. Jacob and I are both very, um, we don't like conflict. Yeah. So that's actually a very important piece of advice for us specifically. And so, like, I think there'll be times where I'm like, you know, I I think Catherine's upset, but like, I'm not going to ask her about it, or I might be upset, but like, I'm not going to say anything, so I might just might go away. Yeah. Again, like, it doesn't, or let's say like Catherine is, you know, doing something that might be getting on my nerves, which which never happens. <laughs> Um, I'm like, it's, yeah, okay. it'd be so much easier to just, you know, say like, Hey, this is what's bothering me. You know, this is why. And, you know, being secure enough in our relationship where I know Catherine will take the time and say like, Oh, like, cause like, you know, I know she loves me and therefore what I am saying to her matters. Mm-hmm. And I, sometimes like to me, that should be like, you know, obvious, but sometimes like through my own, like either self doubt or own, like, you know, are perceiving things it will get you know misconstrued and things won't come out that clear or i'll be too focused on something else so i know i can come to Catherine or anything but then again i hope she knows she can come to me about anything as well so if you have that you know close relationship with someone who might not be might not be your spouse could be you know anyone else who you have a close relationship with just don't be afraid of that initial conflict to resolve what's bothering you it's really good. Yeah. So it's okay if the answer to this next question is the same, but what is the best piece of marriage advice that you would give? Ah, see previous answer. See? <laughs> <laughs> hit, oh. hit rewind. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I think it's something you know, earlier just about continued communication and improve it because you know, everyone says that communication is key to a healthy relationship and... I feel like we're fed that so much. It's like, yeah, I, I got it. Give me, give me something else. Like, give me another secret. But that's really, I know, I don't know if people take me seriously because I've only been married for two and a half months. But once you really communicate clearly, things become so much easier. Even like, you know, the, the whole like stereotypical, like, oh, where do you want to go to eat? And they're like, oh, I don't care. Where do you want to go to eat? But like, really, like, I want Jersey Mike's, but not, not, not a sponsor. Um, (laughs) um, no that's that is a good piece of advice because the times where there have been in the last two and a half months any sort of conflict or any minor disagreements or things like that it's all been resolved we just take the time to talk about it and explain this is what happened and this is why i felt this way and then half the time those minor conflicts would have been solved if just like we had talked about it right when it happened the first time or said what we really were thinking as opposed mm-hmm. to just trying to like I don't know be nigh cover it up I don't know, <laughs> I don't know right. what we're doing but 
if we had just been open and honest the first time, it would have solved a lot of problems. So it's a hard thing to do, though. Yeah, it really is. You, you have to be kind of like really self-aware of, of yourself. You and, have to be and vulnerable, too. Yeah, which is like a scary thing. Yeah. It definitely can be. Um, one thing I was, you just reminded me of. So I guess that's a little story. Feel free to, you know, edit whatever you want. Out. <laughs> um, like it was, it was a uh, Sunday. I was like, like, all right, Catherine, like, I'm going to take you out to eat. And I, I was texting her, and she, she was busy. Like, she was driving, and she was, like, just got done shopping. So she, she was going home. She was like, oh, is it, like, you know, is it, is it up to me to, to decide? I was like, no, like, I, I just want to go where you want to eat. And so, like, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but okay. I, I, I think Catherine thought that, like, I wanted her to pick and her to meet me somewhere. But I was trying to be, I don't know, romantic or just, you know, very, very nice to, like, like all right, I want to take her out wherever she wants to eat. And then I think she assumed something, you know, wrong of it. It wasn't like her fault or anything. It's just kind of like what happened. Different communication. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like I kind of, I'm kind of communicating one way, and she's kind of in another way. And then when they collide, like something happens. Ooh, and that actually goes into another quick thing is, um, if you can, I would say learn your love languages, um, because I think that also goes into that, like. So he was like, oh, I want to do something nice for you, and I love you, but like you pick because I don't want to mess it up. I just want to spend time together. But I like gifts or surprises. So my thought was when he said, I want to take you out. It's like, he's going to pick somewhere and it's going to be like a gift to me. So so that was a little bit of the like miscommunication there. Um, so talking definitely helped. But uh, our um, the times we did see our premarital counselor, they gave us the book Five Love Languages and said, read this, decide what you are, talk about it together. And that was something we did. And that's definitely been helpful. So I really do like that book. Yes, Jacob. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of going off what Catherine said about the love language. Like, my love language is um, quality time. Quality time. So, like, I love doing, I don't know, like, nerdy stuff. Like, I'll play, like, uh, Dungeon Dragons or, like, I watch, like, a certain, you certain can anime. You that out. <laughs> and, and, and Catherine, she, like, I was like, Catherine, do you want to try this? And she was like, okay. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, uh, I, I think she was pretty hesitant, but because she's a great wife and she loves me, she wanted to be a part of what I also <laughs> really enjoy to do. And, like, that still, like, <laughs> blows my mind that she'd be open to these nerdy things. And I think, I think, Catherine, you know, over time she enjoys, you know, mm-hmm. playing Dungeons & Dragons or watching certain <laughs> anime. So, there's that. Yeah. Um, and I can't express adequately how much that means to me that she's willing to do something like that, you know, for me, just to spend time with me. And so a lot of times like, I want to give to Catherine the quality time that, you know, that I love so much. And, you know, Catherine loves quality time, but she also loves, you know, gift giving. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's important to love them, the love language that they want to be loved in. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jenny's love language is quality time. Yep. <laughs> And mine is... Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you, PJ. So. <laughs> I received that. <laughs> I received it. I feel it. Yeah, sometimes we can get in a rut where we're giving the love language that's our own mm-hmm. when really we need to be giving our spouse's love language. So it kind of we naturally give our own because mm-hmm, that's yeah. what we want. So that's yeah. what we can give. But um, it takes... It takes intentionality to actually like wait okay 
PJ's love language is words of affirmation. How can I love him in this way? Not just the fact that I'm sitting next to him and spending time with him. Yeah. So. yeah. Cause like, it makes so much sense in your head. Like, this is how she wants to be loved. I know it. And she's like, no, I want this. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, Jacob and Catherine, thank you guys so much for coming over and spend some time with yeah, us. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks thank you again. for having us. This yeah. was really cool. Yeah. This is fun. Thanks yeah. for sharing your stories and some vulnerabilities too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you bet. It's crazy what being on a, uh, <laughs> Being on a podcast will bring it out. <laughs> talk and talk. We don't just... So do you. <laughs> no, we like it. We we like talking about our stories, the good, the bad, and everything because um I don't know, it's made us who we are now and we like hearing other people's stories because it teaches us how we can like better prepare for the future. So we like sharing ours now. Yes, Jacob? Sorry. Um He's That's raising good. his hand. <laughs> Let the record show. Um, after a quick maybe like 15 second more, more, more spiel. Oh, okay. Um, one thing that I thought that was, you know, maybe on my heart like maybe two or three weeks ago was, uh, you know, it's it it kind of in, in the realm of being vulnerable, but talking through whatever is, whatever you're going through in the moment. Because I, I was talking to a couple of friends and they were like, you know, struggling or going through something completely different than what I was going through. But yet somehow, like, what I said to them about what I was going through and how I was feeling about it and how I see, you know, God working in it um, related to what they were going through, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they took maybe a kernel of wisdom from, from what I had to say and I took something from what they were going, from what they were saying. So I, I, I think it's really important when you get that chance to really share what, what it is, whatever you're going through, because I think you know, beyond our knowledge that uh, God will use that somehow to help someone else. And then on the flip side, you should listen. Yeah, exactly. When other people talk, yeah, and, you can learn. And one thing that also from uh, this past Sunday that uh, Pastor John was talking about was uh, being present in the moment. Because a lot of times people will talk to me and my mind will wander to like, I wonder what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> right? And like, that's such a rude thing to do. Yeah. And so I, ever, ever since then, I'm like, all right, I'm going to be very present in whatever I'm saying and whatever, well, more, more importantly, whatever someone else is saying to me, you know, mm-hmm. so I can really try to engage and see where they're coming from. Yeah. Great stuff. Good speed. Good little bonus at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thanks again for coming over and uh, sharing your story and maybe we'll have you again in the future. Yeah. Or two. Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. Not only are they hilarious, but they are super wise for preparing for marriage and starting it off with a God-centered focus, something that we all need to do and maintain throughout our lives. So hey, if you've been encouraged by this podcast and would like to encourage others to give it a listen, take a minute to leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you in advance and thank you again for joining us. We'll see you next time.